Happy Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome back to the A Beautiful Beginning Podcast. This is your host, Shakia, and I'm coming in this morning with another recording. Um, I was just listening or watching my church online, my church here in Columbia, South Carolina, it's Rehoboth Baptist Church, and I think they're doing a series on depression and oppression. I can be honest, I hadn't been watching. I was really, really good with making sure I would log into church. And then I started working, and then school started, and um, it's just been a down, like, downward spiral. So I would try to catch some sermons and stuff during the week, but again, I hadn't been consistent with nothing. So since I'm off now on weekends, um, and I'll talk about that why in another uh, recording, But um, since I'm now at home on weekends and not working, just basically kind of chilling out till I finish this last, you know, few weeks of school, I am able to get up and I watch my church and, you know, do things around the house like I used to. So um, one thing that I wanted to discuss this morning is shining bright. So it's just not going to be that long, hopefully, no more than about 10, 15 minutes, but I wanted to add some context behind Shining Bright. So when I saw Pastor Thigpen talking about depression and oppression and speaking about the light of God, you know, in the world and sometimes when we encounter darkness, I've been speaking about this on this podcast for so long. And it was kind of like refreshing to hear somebody else talk about it because I know what it's like to go through depression because I've been there and still have days that's just like some days are better than others. But I also know what it's like to watch other people go through depression or manic, you know, stages because I worked in healthcare for so long. I've always encountered people that had mental health disorders. And just working in the sense with people that have it, being in that place myself in a place of darkness, and then just having friends that have had to deal with it as well. I'm well acquainted with depression. I know what it looks like because I've gone through it. I've seen it in others around me and friends and family and patients. So this is something that I'm well aware of. Okay. And so when I speak about it, as as far as the light that God allows for us to have to shine, it's hard to basically kind of put that best foot forward when you're dealing with depression, because it is the, uh, It is the desire of the adversary, the desire of the devil to kill, steal, and destroy. And one way is to cover the light. It's one way is just to try to outshadow the light. And that light is God's light that he gives within. You know, and a lot of times I speak about it on this podcast in terms of my belief um, that for me personally, if you have that connection with him, if you have that relationship with him, it's not easy to just kind of like be put in a corner in a sense just because things are going bad just because things are just not looking the best it's something about having that light that shines from within that no matter what everything else looks like in the world there's just this little ounce of hope okay this little ounce of faith this little ounce of you know what god loves me i love me i have people that surround me that love me you continue to be grateful you continue to be thankful and you continue to focus on the fact that there are aspects of your life where you're very blessed you know to wake up 
to go, to have, to do. And so I've always talked about that on this podcast because it's something that I've had to live. And that's why I've always wanted to give that back because I know so many people don't think about it um, when they're going through really, really rough times. And I thought about this, um, this this person that I've been dating, and um, there was an episode with this person recently where I really felt like, is this person like suicidal? Like, are they going to harm themselves? Like, what's going on? And I remember talking to the person. They got really angry with me, as always, because I represent an opposition, okay? And so for some people, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in spiritual warfare, this part of the conversation, child, you might as well just click off and not even listen. Um, But I've always felt that there are some things that, there are things that we can see. But there are some things that we cannot see in the spiritual realm. And so I feel that there are some people that have some negative spirits or demons attached to them. Now, whether they know it or not, I can honestly say I really don't feel like they do. I feel like these people are just like kind of like normally just walking around, living their lives, not knowing that these demons or these spirits are basically kind of like invading their body, invading their space their home and most importantly they're sitting setting up shop in their mind okay so whereas I'm on the outside looking at all the possibilities of this person's life they in turn are internalizing a lot of hopelessness a lot of pain a lot of anger a lot of dismay with what just didn't go right in their lives and here I am on the outside saying shine bright look at the bright side be thankful be grateful and they're mad about it why are they mad at me not so much them but it's the spirit of the demon that's attached to them because they don't want that person to truly hear that so they blind them with things of hopelessness things of pain you know um constantly reminding them of what he or she did to them constantly you know showing you know it could be videos or um or um recordings or or, or tv shows that are, are sad and depressing it could be this person's constantly just going over scenarios in their head like looking at old text messages old pictures of when something was a certain way or when I used to work, when I used to walk, when I used to be able to drive, when I used to be in this relationship, when we were married, when we were together, all of this stuff is continuously going through. So it's not so much that they're blinding them in a physical sense, but they're blinding them by showing them things of past, like past hurts and pain. You understand what I'm saying? And so that pay, that person, in a sense, is not able to kind of like open their eyes and see what's going on around them. Like open your eyes to the blessings that are here. Open your eyes to where you are and the opportunities that you have right here in front of you. And so a lot of times people miss the mark in a sense. And I know I've done it before too. When you miss the mark, a lot of times you are constantly upset. You're mad, you're sad, you're angry about what didn't happen. And it's in a sense like, you know, God is like, okay, well, if you're going to sit here and be angry about this, what about me just taking all this stuff away? What about, you know, me, you know, ending your life early? What about you getting into an accident to where you can't drive that nice new car? 
What about that relationship with that person that has honestly been a good person to you? What about me just ending that? What about me just saying, you know what, if you don't know how to be good to him or her, and if you're constantly going on about the past hurts and pain, well, I'm going to just let you sit right here in the midst of this until, you know what I'm saying? Like you see for yourself, hey, you had a really good thing going. You really did have a great opportunity in this job, a great opportunity in this marriage, a great opportunity in this, you know, home or whatever the case may be, but you're constantly looking at what didn't work out, what didn't happen, what you didn't get, you know? And so it's like, well, if you're not going to be grateful for what is, then how can I do more for you? How am I able to give you all of these things and have you in a place that you really desire to be if you don't truly appreciate the now? And the reason that I say that is because a lot of times when I would talk to that person, a lot of times I would meet opposition and he would be so mean and hateful. And I would say to myself, you know, this person, they didn't seem to be like this when I first met them. But every time I would tell them like the straight up truth, like, look, you got to get your stuff together. You got to stop doing X, Y, and Z. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. And so I've gotten to the point now after I listened to the sermon this morning at Rehoboth and I thought about some things, I thought to myself, you know what, this isn't one of those things where I need to keep like trying to get in contact and talk to this person where I need to consistently be like butting in saying this or that because I feel like they need to hear it. This is where I decrease. This is where I walk away. This is where I just pray for you from afar. Because I know what prayer can do. You know, this is where I save myself from going through a cycle of depression and of anxiety and pain. um, Because I'm sitting here trying so hard and you're constantly beating me down. Because I really want you to see that, hey, you have a great life. You have a lot of things that God has blessed you with. Sure, you're not able to be with this person or that person. Sure, you're not able to have this or that. However, God has blessed you immensely. Look at where you are. You know what I'm saying? You have an opportunity that a lot of people your age don't even have. And so for this particular person, he's like, what, 43, 44 years old? He's, he is retired, okay? How many people we know in their 40s are retired? You are now military retired. You have a good amount of money coming in. He owns real estate. And I kept saying to myself, how is it that you are sitting back thinking about all the things that are not when you're not looking at what God has blessed you with? You have two vehicles in your garage. You live in a very beautiful home. I mean, if you just get somebody to come in, you can pay a a cleaning service for somebody to come in and clean your house. You can pay for like HelloFresh or any of those meal services to come in to deliver meal. You can live a very good cushy life where you are. And even if he decides like, okay, I really do want companionship. Because a lot of men, a lot of times in that age rank too, are looking for SEX. I can't say the word because the kids are up. So a lot of them are looking for that. Even with that, you know, you got to be able to... um, control your flesh you got to be able to um basically know what you need and demand that and if you cannot get that out of that person and you keep moving you know what i'm saying 
but not looking at it like, well, it must be something. Because I used to do that. I used to always think if I met someone and things didn't quite go right, and he was just giving examples in the book of the Bible with Tamar and with Jeremiah and Elijah and, of course, Job. We've all heard the story of Job. Um, all these people have been through periods of life where periods of times in their lives where they were in despair. And they were just kind of defeated and whatever it was that happened. Do we not hear this about my favorite, David? Like there are places in our lives where we a lot of times are hurting are hurting and we're in pain and in a sense of despair because the marriage didn't work. You know, my baby's sick. Um, the kids are really out of control or my daughter's on drugs or my son's on drugs or my husband didn't come home last night. You know, my boyfriend hasn't called me in about two weeks now. Um, my mom is continuously getting sicker and sicker. My brother just came out and said he's gay. My sister just says she's lost another baby. Or It's so many different scenarios, okay, that can lead all of us to despair. All of us have those moments where it's like, I just can't believe it. I got that diagnosis right after we just got the new house. Or I can't believe it. We just bought the new car and my husband lost his job. You know, it's always that moment in life where it's like, I didn't plan this. I didn't ask for this. And it's still an opportunity for us to give thanks. There is still an opportunity for us to thank God for what is. And I tell you why. I guess I'm going to give y'all a little snippet of what happened with why I'm home every weekend. So I was working at this place every weekend as a, as a um, weekend supervisor, but it had begun to get uh, a bit too much for me. Now, just working Saturday and Sunday was fine. I didn't mind. Um, I could work any of their units when a no nurse called out or whatever. I was always there to work. And so I didn't mind doing patient care. I didn't mind getting on the cart and working because to be honest with you, that made my day go by quicker. And I liked it because I could get my work done and keep moving mind my own business. When I had around as a supervisor, it was like, mm, you get in the midst of what's going on on each unit. And it's like, everybody's complaining. And I'm like, child, it was some mess everywhere. And it, it definitely was. It was a lot of stuff that I questioned as far as nursing negligence. And I was like, mm-mm, I don't like this. I don't like the fact that these people aren't being addressed. I don't like the fact that they're not being held accountable. So there was an episode where I felt like this nurse was abusive towards a patient. And I complained and reported her before because I said, you know, with me being here on the weekends, it's just going to be my love. That she's going to spaz off and say something to somebody. And it's going to be a big blowout. And then they're going to, you know, come at me. Well, you didn't say anything. And da, da, da. So every time she would, and especially if it was really bad, I would definitely let them know. Like, hey, can somebody talk to her about this? Because, you know, her attitude and these blowouts, they're getting worse. I don't know if she's got some other issues going on, but... We just can't work like this. You know what I'm saying? We just cannot work like this because it's going to cause a problem. Somebody's going to say something. She going to say something. And I'm not going to be in the middle. Bottom line. So needless to say, I complained the second time. This time I went to HR because the director of nursing didn't do nothing about it. 
You know, she never said anything to this woman. This woman always calling out. She did a lot of little shysty stuff, like no call, no show, but show up the next day. Like it went nothing. You know, you're going to yell at patients, yell at a sitter, yell back and forth with staff. And it's like, no. And so I was just really kind of over just done with it because I was like, you know what? There is nowhere that you can work and you can do that and get away with it. Not for the most part in a place where they hold people accountable. Let's take that back. When you work where the the employer holds you accountable, you can't get away with stuff like that. And so there were other things that I reported from another nurse that was just completely negligent. Um, just didn't assess people like she should. And there was an incident where um, I was really upset with her because <laughs> she didn't assess this patient. And I just couldn't take it no more. I was just really getting to the point where I kept saying to myself, you know, I really, really wish that my savings and stuff was at a place where I could just sit out these last couple of weeks of school and that's it. That's all I want because I just cannot deal with work in this place. So needless to say, one of my paychecks was shorted. I called HR about it. She gave me a snide response about it. And I was like, no, that's not quite right. Um, because she had just taken over that position of doing payroll I said, no, you were supposed to put my PTO in and you just took this position. So I needed to be paid out. Even if you don't pay it this check, it should have been paid out in the next. So that's not my fault. You know, you just took the position. You now tell people how you want to move forward with communication, but you don't just short people just because. So she did. She would never change what she was supposed to do. Never would come, you know, like I called this girl several times, try to leave a voicemail, voicemail full, talk to her assistant, but she would never call back herself. So one day in particular, I called, was talking to the director of nursing because I really tried to um, get this girl because I made a formal complaint about what happened with this particular nurse and I had to follow up. They usually are supposed to have like 24 hours to investigate and really like look into things like that because that's abuse of a patient of any sort, physical or verbal, they're supposed to investigate it. I mean, it had been like two weeks and this girl has still not called me back. And I'm like, you know, this is a bit much. So I'm calling, getting her voicemail, which was full. Then one day in particular, the DON, I called because I needed some days off in October. Matter of fact, this weekend, I think the one coming two weekends, you know, I think was going to be my next, like last weekend, like the weekend of 16th, 17th of October. So I called the DON to ask her about getting this weekend off because she does scheduling. And so she said she could put the days in and she was going to get the HR girl to get me into their like system where we put our own time in because I was never in that system. So I said, okay, fine. So no one ever called, like followed up. This HR girl never followed up about putting me into the system. So again, I'm calling her because I'm like, first of all, you didn't follow up about that complaint. And second, I need to make sure you know that I have this weekend off. The last, you know, Sunday that I was off, I was supposed to get PTO. Just reminding her because the pay period was coming up. So finally, I was talking to her and I said, well, did you get my message about the stuff for I said about that complaint? I asked her about my time and everything else. She told me that I had plenty of personal leave and she was going to put my time in for like the Sunday that was coming up. I said, OK, I said, and I've already given my days to the D.O.N. for October. And she said, OK, yes, yeah, she does the schedule. And I said, OK. And I said, well, I've already done that. So. 
um, did you get my message about that complaint? Because I talked to her um, assistant, but she never responded. So she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, anytime anything comes up, just let me know. And I'm thinking, undoubtedly, you don't understand. Y'all supposed to have like 24 hours to report these things. Per regulation, per rules, you know, per DA. They have 24 hours to investigate and really exactly report these things. So none of that was done. And I was like, okay, whatever. So when I got my paycheck, that like next pay period, I was like, this heifer still hadn't paid me out my PTO, which is not my fault. It's hers. I'm gonna call her again. And so I call her back and I was, I left her a message about it and was like, I really want to talk about it because I really feel like I should be paid my PTO because it's not my fault. Like you took over this role Whereas the previous person would pay you your PTO automatic, you don't. And you just expect me to just know this. And so I was like, no. So needless to say, she didn't call back. I get to work that Saturday and Sunday. That Sunday, I noticed that a lot of people kept coming to me saying, oh, I didn't know this was your last day. And I said, no, it's not my last day. My last day isn't until October. And they're like, oh, okay. So I'm like, that's strange. And I mean, it was multiple people. I had a nurse, one of the agency nurses called me and she said, I didn't know today was your last day. And I said, no. She said, well, so-and-so said it's your last day. Well, I remember that particular CNA saying, I need to talk to you about something when you get a chance. And I said, okay, but I was so busy. So I was like going to another unit. It was another bunch of crocodiles bull about staffing and everything else that day too as usual so I didn't even think to follow her again so by the end of the day I'm getting myself together to leave another nurse and a CNA walks through and was like I didn't know it was your last day I need to get your number and I was like what so everybody's looking at me and I'm like it's not my last day oh it was my last day so between HR the DON and administrator they decided well let's just get rid of her so I knew that that, of course, was retaliation because anytime a nurse is a, whist a whistleblower and you report something, then all of a sudden they start retaliating against you. And then, well, you got to get out. Then, no, I can sue you for that. I mean, it's basically listed in the patient rights. If any facility, if you walk in, you look at the patient rights. If you walk in that facility, there is something right there in their facility. Huge board of stuff about patient rights right at the bottom where it says, and there should not be retaliation. So I knew that, no, ma'am, uh-uh. Just because you don't want to do your job don't mean you come and try some shit with me. Because if something comes up where that patient decides they can remember that nurse hopping up in their face yelling at them or if family members saw it which i saw family members walk through that witnessed it if somebody reports it it's not going to be on my license because in the nurse practice act that is listed if i witness abuse and i don't report it that's against my license so i've told them that multiple times i'm not going to play with your bullshit now, whether y'all do something with this chick or not, that's on you, but I'm going to report it to you. Okay. So the fact that they actually wanted to retaliate, that pissed me off. It really pissed me off. So I think it was like that Monday or so I'd emailed and called by the time I could say by that Wednesday, 
they basically called back and said that I was um, basically dismissed as of that day. And I was like, oh, no, you know, follow up or anything. And so the VP of clinical operations had called. I spoke to her about it. Supposedly they were going to do investigations about the claim of abuse. And I said to myself, I said, first and foremost, y'all are like three weeks too late. You know for a fact you're supposed to investigate any claims within 24 hours. And the DON, nor did the HR rep, you know, the little chick that works for HR do that. They didn't do their jobs. And so now it's like, well, I'm going to try to throw her out of here because, you know, it's like, no, you need to do your damn job, okay? You in this place for uh, for a reason and you're not doing your job. So long story short, they were going to have to pay me out my PTO and my last check and everything. I called my parents, asked if they could help me out. Um, my mom and my stepdad were able to pay for like the twins do aftercare. So they were able to help pay for their aftercare for like two weeks for me. And then I knew I would still get a paycheck. Plus I called my dad. He said I could do another, you know, pay, you know, some stuff for you too. So he was going to give a large amount out of nowhere. I don't know where I got a large amount that came and that money was money I had that was supposed to go in my savings. And that pretty much was how much I usually make for the month. So, um, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like I literally don't have to work this month at all. And so I have this little side gig that I do too, where I can pick up days here and there and still have money. And I said, well, I'll do that, you know, probably towards the end of the month and continue to like, you know, go on forward and stuff. But it was just a blessing in disguise, being honest with you. Y'all, it's like the last couple of weeks of school, and I'm like, every time I think about it, I'm like, wow, just think about where I started and where this journey is right now, and I'm about to graduate. And it's just like, I don't even want to be bothered with people. <laughs> I don't even care. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm in a totally different zone right now. Um, will I con- Will I go back and address that whole issue with that facility at some other point? Yes, because... There was an issue where they didn't really even pay me out my PTO and my time the way they were supposed to. And I'm like, come on, like, what the hell? Like, I just have never worked somewhere. And I work places that were half-assed, but this is by far the worst. Like, they take half-assed to a whole new level of just jackassness. Like, can you just do your damn job? Do stuff the right way and just leave it alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm totally blessed in the middle of this mess to be able to sit home and finish out school and be focused on my school stuff and, you know, get prepared for boards. And then here you go with y'all bullshit, you know? Excuse my French, but it is what it is. Shit. (laughs) It's just a whole crock of shit. Like, why are y'all not doing your job right? Like, I couldn't even understand why the DON didn't do reporting right you know I wouldn't want a nurse in my facility that was that volatile because at some point that person is going to feel without you putting them in their place that they can attack you too and so you just never want to let people feel that that's the type of thing that they can do however I do feel like the DON and some of the other um, administrators there were racist and you can pretty much tell but um, that's neither here nor there but the bottom line is you got to do your job Okay, it's one of those things where you just got to do your job. You know, if you know that you have to report something within a certain window of time and you need to investigate, do it, you know, instead of letting stuff mount up like it did. 
So that is an example of how in the midst of all that I was thinking, I really, really don't want to be bothered. Like It got to a point where I was so sick and tired of going to that place. It's like they drained any good energy that I had. Like by Friday evening, just knowing I had to be there on Saturday and Sunday, I was just not happy at all. At all. I didn't want to be bothered because it got to the point where it was like, you don't know what the hell you about to walk into in this place. Because it was always something where somebody went and doing. It was always something that was just half caught going on. And the patients basically bear the grunt of that. Where, you know, it was just a mess. Okay, that's all I got to say. And I'm honestly 100% going to be honest. I am so blessed that God allowed me to be brought out of there. That I don't have to be bothered. I don't have to worry about my bills and stuff like that. I can just chill out and like take care of myself and my kids and not even be bothered with anything going on there. But I will honestly say to y'all, I would say this and honest, honest to goodness truth, that I am just grateful to God that I had faith and that I didn't give up hope in that situation. I just, for some reason, kept, you know, uh, a kind of like, what's the word? Like, um, I started thinking more positive. I try to keep a positive outlook about it because even though initially when it all occurred, I didn't have a whole lot to go on financially. I just kind of felt like God was going to come through some kind of way and something was going to happen. And it did. And I was able to get that money from my savings and I was able to do what I needed to do. And I was able to take care of my kids and sit out. And I just have to thank God for that because I just, I wasn't going to allow myself to sit there and be in despair about that. I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, I've been in places where I've been in rock bottom situations. Um, and I, I talked about that on this podcast, y'all, like or in my, my time of darkness, when I would have two diapers on the shelf you know, on the changing table shelf, thinking to myself, where am I going to get some money to buy some diapers this week? And I didn't want to have to ask my mom or my dad or anybody else because I was like, sometimes people get tired of you coming to them and asking, but I truly had a need. Like I really was trying to pay for this and trying to pay for that and I couldn't afford it. And it was at a point where I was like, I really need to work like an extra job. But, you know, I have to have somebody that can, you know, help take care of the kids. And I remember at that time, my mom really wasn't 100% on board with me working full time and getting a little part time job, too. And I just some things happen for a reason. I remember when my stepdad, he was working, he got hurt on his job. Even though that was like a tragic kind of sense of something for them, it was very like a blessing in disguise for me because she understood that at that point, I can't rely on y'all financially. So I have to do what I have to do to take care of my home. Now, it might have not been the best thing for her or for them when he got hurt. It was the best for me because at least she understood like, oh, Kia has to take care of herself. So I need to like allow her to do what she needs to do Instead of saying, well, oh, we'll help you with this or that, because they're not going to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? 
And if something were to come up, which things had where they needed to do something, their needs were going to come first, not mine. And so I was always like, okay, I got to be able to take care of myself. I've got to be able to take care of myself. I've got to be able to take care of my kids. And that's just that. And that's just how I always have been. And so, of course, it was easier when I didn't have kids because I would work between two hospitals and I could easily go pick up time. Especially like in the climate like where it is now in nursing, like child, I would have been on an assignment. I would have been and gone somewhere and took an assignment, a contract or whatnot and work. You know what I'm saying? And paid things off and then came back and chilled out. But you can't do that when you have kids and you don't have that type of support system. I have a support system, but it's not kind of it's not the same. Like I know this um, two sisters that I know, like one I work with as a travel nurse and her sister. Her sister went overseas for a while to work as a contractor and her mom kept her two kids. Now, for a lot of people, that's, oh, who would do that? What kind of mother? Da-da-da-da-da. She did it to set herself and her kids ahead financially. So when she came back, it was a lot of stuff done and in place. And so her kids benefited from that. Her mom was very much so a huge support by taking care of her kids, making sure they went to dance, this, 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 and that. You know, a lot of it I know was probably scary because she was like, I want to say like in Kuwait or Saudi Arabia, she was somewhere working as a contractor. I can't remember. It was Middle Eastern. And I know that that was probably hard on her as a mother to risk herself doing that. But financially, she needed to get, you know what I'm saying? Get there to get herself ahead. And she mentioned that in like one of her like testimonies or whatnot. She came back to the States. When she came back, this girl had finished school, gotten her master's. She started a business of consulting, like image consulting and uh, fashion consulting. And then her sister, who I used to work with, was a single mom of four boys, uh, two which were twins. And um, it was just amazing to see their story, okay? So the sister was working um, as a travel nurse while she was putting herself through an FMP program. So she's a nurse practitioner, who then got her psych and P-cert, postmaster certification in psych, and also has her DMP. And her oldest, her three boys, three of her boys are, um, one I know graduated from college. She went to UNC. Her youngest boy is there now, and I think the other is there. So all her kids are doing well. All of her kids are doing very well. Um, but I just knew that, like, their mom... She was somebody who would stand in and help out a lot just to make sure that her girls could do that. And see, that's the thing, like seeing the big picture. Everybody doesn't have that type of support where they have the type of support where they're not being ostracized or criticized for working. Because what kind of mother would do that? You know what I'm saying? So instead, it's like, well, I know you got to do because you got to take care of these kids. You got to be able to do this, 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 and that. So I applaud you for going and picking up those extra hours because I know you got to take care of your kids and do this, 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 and that. And so I was happy when my mom understood that because when I used to work at the prison and I would work extra time, that was my way to take care of little things in the house. I ain't had to worry about child support. You know, whether it came or not, I'm not going to aggravate myself about it if I know I can work and make it. You know, so... It was just one of those things. I, I just think back on that time and that period. And that in itself, 
overshadows like a lot of the stuff that just recently happened with that job. Like I think about the fact that God provided for me then and God provided for me now. And, um, you know, like I said, when those two diapers were still left on the shelf and I didn't know how I was going to get the money, I just remembered there being times where I would like sometimes leave change in my purses and I would not remember to go back and check. And, you know, it's just something that has always been. But it was so funny, y'all. It was kind of like in that that story, like that um, the parable in the Bible where there was the or the story of the old lady and her son where they were making their last cake, you know, for them to die. They were going through a famine and that was all they had left was that little bit of oil and that little bit of meal in there. And there was the, you know, one of the um, disciples, I think, that came through. Don't quote me. Came through and basically it was like, and I always thought to myself in this story of all, it always kind of stuck out in my head because I was thinking to myself, would I feed somebody before I feed myself and my kids knowing that this is all we got? Like, I'm thinking realistically, is this something that I would seriously do? But when she had faith to make that cake for him and then he turned around you know and and he ate and was full and then when she went to reach back in there was always something there there's always it was always corn it was always oil and she and her child did eat many days and so I thought about that when I thought about my story about the two diapers because there were so many times I'm over my time, child. But it's, it was so many times that I would go and look through those bags. And I have tons of purses. So there's tons of different bags and zippers and work bags and stuff where I might have stuck $5 in this one or $2 in this one and another 5 in this. And sometimes I find a 10 in there and a couple of ones. And I will never forget that time I only had the two left. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have any more money this week. I don't get paid until Friday. What am I going to do? And I was able to get together enough money to go get them a pack, that little small pack of diapers to get them through to payday. I will never forget that period of time when I didn't have a savings at all. I had $2 in my account and I had to go through every single bag trying to find extra money to like even just get them a pack of diapers. And so going through periods of time like that has strengthened me for times like this because I know there's none but God. It's not in me. It's all in him. And the reason I want to share that is because sometimes when we go through those hard times, those periods of depression, those periods of despair, a lot of times we think about the bad times. And so I would think about that time in a sense and be like, I always had this, this and that going on. If that's where you let your, your mind lead you. But I'm going to tell you this. I have been through some times. I've been in some places where it wasn't the best. It didn't feel the best. I, I really just didn't understand why, but I didn't have to stay there. And that is what I wanted to say. When you allow God to shine that light from within. When you allow him to ignite that light, you know, you now have faith. You now have hope. You now have the love that you need within. 
It's not an external thing. It's an internal thing. And I've been saying this to this person that I've been dating. He was going through a lot of mental strain, stress and strain. And I was like, you know, it seems as though you keep pushing me away. I don't understand why, because I'm not a bad person and I'm not being mean. But like I said, if you're dealing with those demons and you're dealing with those spiritual, uh, um, how can I say, like, spiritual, like, warfare things, like, if you're dealing with that, sometimes they'll blind you to what's really there. And so he don't see that I'm a true friend to him. Even if we don't develop into a relationship romantically, a love or a marriage, he's got a true friend that's going to like pray for him and honestly have concern for him. And I don't think he see that. You know what I'm saying? And so because he's in a place where he doesn't see it and he doesn't want to, I just thought about the fact that maybe he's blind to it. Maybe he's blind to the things that are around him. So he's not counting his blessing. He's counting all the things that are wrong. The pain, the hurt, the despair. Because regardless of the fact that I'm still single, I am still a single mother. My children are upstairs running around doing whatever. Um, I don't know what. Um, despite the Despite the fact that, you know, I still have to do it all on my own. I still know who God is. There was a period in time where I couldn't afford to do nothing for myself. It's like I was so in the hole and then God brought me out. Like I remember, I think I've told that story where I was able to get my savings up to over 50,000, got work done to my house. I was blessed immensely, y'all. I honestly cannot tell you. God is good. I cannot tell you. I can't even explain it. God is good. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this, is that there's never a place in my life where I'm sitting here thinking back and I'm looking back and I only can, you know, reference the bad times. I'm at a point now where it's like, I know there are a lot of, you know, bad times, but I know there are a lot of good times. And I know that I was able to get through the bad times only because of the goodness of God in my life. And that is what I wanted to say this morning, y'all. Like, please try to strengthen your relationship with God. If you don't have one, please get one. Please. Because it's those moments that that you sit back and you think about, why do I have to go through this? Why did this happen? Why is it that this person can have the house and the car and the life that I wanted and I'm over here struggling I'm telling you, God is forever faithful in the midst of every single little thing that I have always felt, you know, at some point this might take me out. He has reminded me. He has reminded me that I would never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. I have never done that to you. I still love you. I have still strengthened your foundation. I have given to you. I want you to be grateful for where you are and who you are and whose you are right at this moment, right at this moment, right at this moment. There is no hurt that can overshadow my love. There is no despair or no pain that cannot, that can overshadow my love, my forgiveness, my grace. 
There is nothing that can overshadow who God is. Darkness, of course, is attracted to light. But it's the light that can drown out all hate, all pain, all despair, all hurts. So I would encourage you to strengthen your relationship and walk in the light. Jesus Christ light. Strengthen your relationship with the one who made you and the one who will carry you. Because it's through those times when it's hard for you to see and to really like find your way. It is he who will guide you. It was he who, who will lead you and would never let you go asunder. He will never leave you in despair. He will always put his arms around you to comfort you, to cover you, to protect you and provide for you in those times of need. That's all I have to say today because the twins are off the chain upstairs, y'all. So I have to go up there and regulate. That's all I had to say today. I pray that this will land in some kind of fertile soil where someone can take this in and actually, you know, maybe have an aha moment, maybe learn from it. Maybe it will allow you or push you to think um, about the goodness in your life or even like get to a place where you want to develop that relationship with God to where you're able to like reach out to your to your pastor or your spiritual leader and ask, you know, how can I be saved? How can I start this journey? Start that journey today. Do whatever you need to do to be the best version of yourself today. So have a great Sunday. Have a great week. And remember to shine bright.